Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, good evening. This is Tam Shaw, and you are on the Harambe Community Call. We come together the first and third Mondays of each month. We bring together members of the African-American community and our allies for a time of sharing experiences, hope, and strength. So we welcome you, however you are tuning in. Tonight we have Mike as our host, and Cindy is streaming. So let's just jump right into what promises to be an exciting conversation and a fun-filled event. We are doing this particular topic in recognition of Women's History Month, along with the spirit of Harambe. Harambe is a Swahili word that means let's pull together. So without further ado, we're going to get right in. I will be interviewing two guests this evening, at least for the first half of our time together, and so that we can hear them clearly. I'm asking that everyone would go on mute. That is, of course, with the exception of our two guests and me. So if you would go on mute, that will be very, very helpful. And so we have two, I believe, great ladies to share with us tonight. You're going to hear from both of them, and then you're going to have a chance to even ask some questions and have direct communication. So I'd like to introduce to you Kathy Long and Cynthia Gibbs-Pratt. Kathy, good evening to you, and why don't we start with a brief introduction that'll tell us a little bit about you, who you are, where you're from, and what you kind of do these days to keep you busy. So just a brief history about you. Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, Well, I'm retired. I was a Commonwealth of Pennsylvania employee, and I did clerical work, and I learned a lot about vocational rehabilitation during that period of time, I worked for 35 years and two months. Do not forget the two months. And uh, I retired in 2013. I joined Pennsylvania Council of the Blind and also American Council of the Blind in 1985. And I was in a local chapter and I did all kinds of things. I was secretary. I was, oh, I was never treasurer. I don't want to mess with anybody else's money. But I was president, I was secretary, I was vice president, I was chief bottle washer, whatever, whatever they wanted me to do, I did. And um, then we started an advocacy program, uh, I mean, a mentorship program where if the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind had uh, someone who would call the office and ask for assistance and the secretary or the director did not have an immediate answer, uh, they would farm out these requests to some of us. And I was one of them. And that's how I get got to know Cynthia. She she made the smart... Excuse me, Kathy. Excuse me, Kathy. I'm sorry to interrupt you. We want to get to know a little bit about Kathy first. Oh. Could I ask you a couple of questions? Yes. Okay. Do you have any particular hobbies? I like to read. Okay. Okay. I and like to bake. I forgot. 
I knew you were going to go there. Expert <laughs> baker. Okay. Yes. Kathy, as she said, I forgot to tell you this. These two ladies are both members of the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. And if you want some good baked goods, be part of the PCB um, auction. Auction. Also, Kathy, what do you do these days? What are your days like that keep you busy? Well, I'm still on two teams for Pennsylvania Council of the Blind. And mm -hmm. because I, I have really good clerical skills, I seem to write minutes for every everything I'm in. <laughs> and I do stuff with the Center for Independent Living. Same deal. I'm writing for them. Uh, we're planning a Highmark walk in May and just all kinds of stuff. I'm busy. Great. Yeah, I'm busy. Are there any other kind of community act groups or community activities that you do? Uh, I, I teach Sunday school. I teach in my Quite church. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I have ten, I have ten year old kids. Mm -hmm. And Kathy, They're a blast. may I ask? <laughs> I know, I know that's right. And Kathy, may I ask you um, about being blind? Have you been blind from birth, or this was this onset, or? Nope, I was blind shortly after I was born. Uh, it's called, and I bet a lot of people know this, it's called retinopathy of prematurity. And it happens because uh, I was born three months before I was due. And I, believe it or not, I weighed under two pounds. I tell people that it was the only time in my life I was ever underweight, and I'm making up for it ever since. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> I know that story well. Thank you so much. Thank you. So we've gotten to know Kathy. So Cynthia, tell us about, tell our listening audience about Cynthia Gibbs Pratt. Hello, everybody, and thank you for having me. I am Cynthia Gibbs Pratt. So I'm going to start out with the pronouns. I am a chocolate oh. brown African-American woman. I'm about five feet six and weigh about 135 pounds. I am from New York City. I moved to Pennsylvania three and a half years ago, so to say. My vision loss came when I was in my mid-40s. I was diagnosed with macular degeneration, which I was told was hereditary, which means my dad had it, but no one knew because he never told us. Thanks, Dad. In any case, I, um, I was in three car accidents in a six-month period, and I could not go back to work. I worked for the city of New York from the Board of Education to HRA, from doing information technology to dealing with food stamps. And then when I could no longer go back to work due to the accidents, I packed up on the whim by the grace of God and I moved down to Pennsylvania with my baby brother who's been here for 25 years. I was lost, I was confused, I was, I was missing my hometown because I've never lived out of New York. However, I started making phone calls and I called the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind and I met my mentor. With that okay. being said, I just take it one day at a time and I'm just grateful to be here. Thank you. Yep. Um, I wanted to just mention this. Cynthia, now what part, because we have some Pennsylvanians here, what, where do yeah. you live in Pennsylvania? I am in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, capital okay. city. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I know that's right. And Kathy, Absolutely. you're also in Harris Harrisburg as well, or it's well, it's Cumberland County. It's I live about three miles from Cynthia. It's uh, we we call it South Central Pennsylvania. I live on the West Shore, and my little town is called Enola. 
Spelled backwards, Enola. it's alone. So I tell people I live alone in Enola. <laughs> <laughs> That's awfully cute. Cynthia, I want to come back to you just for um, a few minutes and, and ask a couple of questions to just to get to know you a little bit better. Do you have okay. any particular hobbies or things that you're interested in? Well, I love computers. I love mm. dealing with my niece who's eight and her five-year-old brother, my goddaughter. So I'm, I love children. I have none living. And I also like to um, just help people. I, my passion in life from a child has always been wanting to put a smile on someone's face and to help people. But since my vision loss, I had to result to certain things. Exercise is one of my biggest fans. It, and it helps me in many ways, including depression. And it, it just makes you feel good about yourself. Hmm. Thank you for that. Okay, shameless plug here. I'm sure you yeah. already know. We've got a lot of exercise calls on our community calls, and it's a wonderful thing to take advantage of. Great, I do, too. Great. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. Ladies, and now that we've gotten to know a little bit about you, each of you, I think it would be interesting to discuss how the two of you came to know one another. So, Cynthia, I'm going to start with you. You mentioned <laughs> that relative to your vision loss, you started making some calls and you came across some organizations and agencies wondering how you ended up where you are today. How did, how did you meet Kathy? Well, I made a call to the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind, and I was told someone would get back to me. And then I got a call from a lady named Kathy, who was very strong-minded, strong-willed, and very pushy, I might add, to push me into <laughs> advocating for myself and not feeling alone and beat up. And And she took me under her wing, and she just dragged me to from that point forward. And we're still together as friends, and I love her dearly. I didn't drag Thank you. you. Thank you. That's yes. very, very gracious. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Kathy, and at this point, could you talk a little bit about the the mentoring program and tell us, even though you mentioned it before, but tell us how it really does work and how you got together with Cynthia. She described well, I know, part of it. Yeah, I know American Council of the Blind is, is rolling out a an official mentor program, but, you know, I mean, we just did it by the seat of our pants. We didn't have any rules or regulations. We just right. talked to each other and found out what was important and what we could do about it. First thing I helped solve was Cynthia needed to be able to get transportation. And I was on the board of Center for Independent Living, and I called them every day till they went to see her yes. and okay. filled Let out the paperwork. Though, how, oh, please, mm -hmm. Excuse me. I'm sorry. So how does... This work, is there, a, and I'm from Pennsylvania, so I'm asking the questions too. Is there a particular committee or do people volunteer? How is it organized? I think we volunteered. I'm actually not sure. I've had a couple people that I deal with, and some people, they're good with one or two calls. Some people just want information, and I never hear from them again. And then there's other people that I hear from every morning. Like me. <laughs> so there's a, uh, <laughs> I love it. So there's kind of a um a telephone line that people can call. Is that how it works? No, I heard the, Cynthia say okay. The council gives the they gave me Cynthia's number and I called okay. her. I don't I don't okay. think she had to wait more than half a day. Mm hmm That's I don't great. think so. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, so go ahead. I'm sorry, Cynthia, were you gonna I was, say I was gonna say I was looking for resources that can mm -hmm. help me 
you know, like Kathy said, with getting around because I, I can't drive, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then she helped me get the the halfway bus pass. She helped me get uh, cat transportation, power transit, so I can get around mm-hmm. to my doctor's appointments and things like that. Mm-hmm. I commend you, Cynthia, for your strength and reaching out and, you know, looking for those resources because we get to talk to a lot of people and that's often one of the biggest steps to take. You know, yes, is to put yourself out there and to make those calls and then um, create with someone. So, Kathy, tell me a little bit. I don't know if you all remember this. Now, first of all, how long have you been together as mentor and mentee? I guess three years. <laughs> a little three over years. three years, actually. Yeah. Three years. Over. You know, I, I so, don't really think I'm her mentor so Kathy, anymore. She teaches you? me as much as I teach her. I'm sure. So, Kathy... Do you remember that first call with Cynthia? I know it's been a while, but do you remember? Not really, but she said I yelled at her. <laughs> I knew that okay, was let me ask. I'm, okay, I'm let sorry. me ask her. For, <laughs> let me let me ask her her for for her version of the story. Okay, what happened, Cynthia? <laughs> well, I got this call, and she was asking me questions like, "What am I looking for? Like, where I'm coming from? About my vision laws." And I was trying to talk and just, you know, sometimes you just want to get everything out and get off the phone. And she was yeah. like, well, you have to learn to listen. Just calm down and we're going to get you there. And I'm like, <gasps> in my head, I'm saying, who the heck does she think she is? I just shut up and I listened because I, I knew she really wanted to help. But I was scared at that moment, you know. So it was it was funny now that I look at it. I know. It's horrible. I'm sorry, Kathy. I love you. I swear to God. I know. I, you. I know. I guess I just wanted to make sure that she knew she was in good hands. I had her back, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she so still does. over these three years, over these three years, um, Kathy, we'll start with you. What has happened? How, have, how do you feel your relationship with Cynthia has grown? We started to tell each other personal things about ourselves and mm. about our lives and, um, you know, I really don't think there's a whole lot she doesn't know about me. Uh-huh. Uh, the other day, I was telling her about my first boyfriend. Now, I was married <laughs> for 30 years, 30 and a half, and my husband's name was Harry. And, of course, I talk about him often. He's been gone for uh-huh. 15 years. And I told her about my first boyfriend, and she said, I didn't know you had another boyfriend. I thought it was just Harry. I'm going to beat his ass. And I wait, 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 I'm and allowed words. to have another boyfriend. I didn't marry yeah. him, you know. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Yeah. So I guess um, it sounds like what happened with the two of you went from that kind of business kind of thing, if you will, from, you know, all the focus on just being somebody, helping somebody to a real personal friendship. And so yes. for you, Cynthia, what does that personal friendship mean? Well, I still look at Kathy as my mentor. She hates for me to say mm-hmm. that, but honestly, she still teaches me a great deal. And I just I just feel so passionate about her because she was born blind and she's such an amazing person, so phenomenal as a person, as a woman, as a friend, as a mentor, mm-hmm. that I just I just take her as like my sister from another mother. Mm. I love yeah. her with my heart and I would do anything for her. And I used to visit each other. I mean, initially I was nervous and she was like, well, you got to learn to use screen readers. You have to learn to do this because Cynthia, 
you can see but but so far but you can hear forever so I started mm. taking her advice and I started calling her because I, I was still nervous but after the first year I felt so comfortable like I had a friend in Pennsylvania that was going through what I was going through so I was no longer nervous I just felt compelled to be her friend and to communicate with her and we help each other in every way possible, including when we can visit one another. And it means the world to me. Kathy means everything to me. Thank you for Ditto. sharing that. I heard <laughs> you use two words that I'd like to capture with you. Yes. One of them was sister, and the other one was mother. And, you know, we women, um, and this is for all of our audience, we tend to really believe in that sisterhood, and we're led by it. So when you say the word sister in describing Kathy and your relationship with her, could you talk a little bit more about what that means? Well, I I, I had two sisters. I'm the baby girl mm-hmm. out of six siblings. So the only siblings that I have left out of my mother's six children is me and my younger brother who, who lives here in Pennsylvania. So when I call Kathy a sister, I mean, I can confide in her about anything. I can take constructive criticism. We have our little bouts. We go back and forth. But at the end of the day, when we talk about it, we're still sisters and friends in everything. Mm, I like that. Tell me about the mothering. Well, because she's so much older than me, I I don't (laughs) have any parents left. I mean, I'm, I say that mm-hmm. respectfully because Kathy knows a lot. She's been around a long time and she's had a hand in some of everything. So I kind of look up to her and as a mother figure as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's thank a beautiful you. spirited person. Well, thank you. Thank you. And um, the other thing that I think that, that I heard you say about, well, I'm going to come back to that. I'll come back to that. Kathy, how do you view yourself relative to, uh, being with Cynthia, your relationship with Cynthia. I, f- I feel that she's a sister too. I lost my older sister in 2019. She died of breast cancer. And, you know, she just took up where my sister left off. I mean, she, she gives me a hard time. And then we also talk about all kinds of stuff. And I could do that with my older sister, but she's not here. sounds like to me that for the two of you, it's kind of like, it's a give and take. It's a win-win for both of you. Would you say that's accurate? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Because what makes me say that is because sometimes we can get into relationships and, um, you know, our tendency is to say, I'm just going to give or I'm just going to take. take, But what I seem to hear from you two is a real good sense of balance. Would you say that's accurate? Absolutely. Can I add this on, Pam? Of course. She bakes me the best cookies ever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. They're delicious. I'm sorry. I just had to add that on. She's I'm only heard about them. I've only heard tales of these cookies and things because I don't win at the auction. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, they the outbid me too, Pam. By the time I'm ready to get in. I need them for free, Pam. By the time I'm ready to get in, okay, I, I mean, they've already seven, outbid me. So. $70 for a couple. For the, for a couple. Yeah. It's crazy. 
I would never pay that. I mean, I like my baking, but I wouldn't even pay that kind of money for my baking. <laughs> well, well, let's say it the way our national auctioneer person, yes. Leslie Spoon, likes to say, it's, it's for the good of the cause. I mean, I'm I'm that. Yes. From, a, from a state convention one time with a five-pound tub of bubble gum that I oh, had wow. spent $95 on. <laughs> I can't talk about anybody. Well, it's for a okay. good cause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed, indeed. It's for the good of the cause. And thank you both yes. for being part of that. want to switch a little bit to talk um, about some things that we often talk about on these calls, because particularly the purpose of our call is to bring together, as we said earlier, members of the African-American community and our allies and our friends to talk about, to understand more of each other's shared experiences and our hope and our strength. And so um, thank you so much for describing yourself, Cynthia, at the beginning of our call. Appreciate that. Kathy, uh, do you want to describe yourself? I don't want to leave anybody out. If you I'm want a to short, fat lady. Is- <laughs> well, you're in good company. Okay, that's all I can say. <laughs> And Kathy, may I ask about your ethnic heritage? I'm a Caucasian woman. Woman. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 And um, in terms of ethnicity, spit it out, Pam. Ethnicity. Anything um, in terms of the heritage, European heritage? Uh, my maiden name was Eichelberger. That's a German ah, name. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so we've got these two ladies. From diverse backgrounds, we've understood how you meet and how you've met. Let me just ask you this kind of question for your own perspective. Cynthia, your your mentor is um, of a different ethnicity. Some people say different race, but I back off a little bit from that because I just believe in one human race. But exactly. I think you understand where the question is going. How do you view uh, racial relationships, and particularly in view of the one that you've been able to build with Kathy? Well, like you said, I don't look at a color or ethnicity mm-hmm. or anything of that nature because I have nieces and nephews who I call Oreos, which means they have white uh, mothers and black fathers. And mm-hmm. I also have a niece who is, I call my Asian persuasion because her <laughs> father is Asian. So uh-huh. I don't look at a race, creed, color, or anything to that nature. Mm-hmm. I look at a person from their heart and their spirit. And Kathy mm-hmm. just, she's just easy to get along with for the most part. Let's, get, let's make that abundantly clear for the most part. Because <laughs> when she want to give you fire, she'll give you fire. So mm-hmm. I don't look mm-hmm. at race. Mm-hmm. I look at a person and how I want to be treated. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me like you have some relatives in the family or some um, marriages or relationships and things that, that already do involve people from different Absolutely. ethnic groups. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, and ma'am. I, and my nephew lives like in Grantville. Ah, sorry. okay. Yes, he does. That's well, why my brother nephew. moved here because of his son. Ah, okay. Okay. So, um, in term, Kathy, how about you? What's your perspective on all of this in terms of forming this relationship with Cynthia, somebody from a different ethnic background? Well, I grew, I went to Overbrook School for the Blind in Philadelphia. It's a boarding school for the blind. And we had everybody there. We, I, I mean, I had black friends when I was, when I was a, a young girl growing up. And this one girl named Shirley, she showed me her hair and it felt different. And, 
and she had to put grease in it. And I'm like, whoa, why would you, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm washing my hair every other day and she needs to put grease on her hair. So she showed me how to braid her hair and it, it was just cool. I'm like, well, this is a really cool thing. Okay, thank you. I probably know Shirley. Because <laughs> okay. I lived I in Philadelphia. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I heard her. she's dead now, but I, oh, okay. I don't know. Well, um, also, too, Kathy, so a little bit, how did it matter to you that Cynthia was black? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I've always associated with um, with children of various, I mean, I guess we had we had some um, what, what would you call them Puerto Ricans and Hispanic mm-hmm. people and um, mm-hmm. Asians in the school. Mm-hmm. Now, unless somebody told us, we didn't know. We were okay. We were ignorant. And mm-hmm. you know, I like it that way. Hmm. I don't have okay. to judge someone by how they look. Mm-hmm. I will judge you by better. what they say, though. That's for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Cynthia, I know that you came from um, New York, as you mentioned earlier. In New York, there were people of, I'm sure, every creed and and every color. And in terms of your relationship with Kathy, do you see any cultural differences, anything that makes a difference because you're dealing with a person from a different cultural background as well? Not at all. I just, mm-hmm. I like to learn different things. So when she teaches me mm. how she grew up and, you know, what she had to learn mm-hmm. and I tell her my background and she'd be like, well, how did you get through that, Cynthia? Oh my God, that's not right. And I'm like, well, listen, sometimes <laughs> yeah. you just have to, you have to fake it till you make it. And then you have to just mm-hmm. be yourself. People love you for who you are most mm. times, but being a brown black woman growing up in the streets of Brooklyn and South Jamaica, Queens. It wasn't always mm. so nice, but when I mm-hmm. came, you know, as I got older, I learned that we are all individuals and we are all God's mm. children. So the color background and, and the ethnicity and stuff like that, it bothers me when people treat me differently because yeah. of who mm. I am and where I come from. But my mother always told me this, you kill them with kindness. When they say something mm. negative, you turn that negative into a positive and sometimes you can turn people's hearts around by just being you. Mm. Did you experience any um, specific kinds of discrimination? Because help me if I'm right. Absolutely. You grew up basically as a totally sighted person. And then it was into exactly. adulthood. Gotcha. Right. So tell me about your, your basic experience. Twofold. One is well, an African-American period. And then second if you've experienced things, anything relative to being an African-American, who yes, is I have. also, okay. Mostly in the workplace, that? mostly in the Ooh. workplace. I mean, growing up, it was a melting pot, a plethora of different ethnicities and everything else. So we kind of just got along because we grew up in the same neighborhood, going through the same things. But as I started working, starting in a corporate world, first of all, not just because of my skin color, but because I was a woman, working Mm. for the board of education in an IT department with all males. Mm. And I didn't have a degree in doing information technology, which means I've dealt with computers and things like that. The men accepted me, but my supervisor was of the, uh, I think she was Indian, if I'm not mistaken. And she hated the grounds I walked on and she would sabotage my work and she would treat me so mean. 
And because I'm an asthmatic, if I call out because I'm sick, she would give me a hard time. And after mm -hmm. a while, the guys was like, listen, you're one of us because you can do the work. They mm -hmm. taught me things. I watched them. I learned and I and I pulled my weight, so to speak. When when you I don't know if you know about the older computers, but they were so fat and big and you had to lift them I up. I remember. Carry them. Yeah. But she never, ever gave me credit. And then her aunt was the director. So I, I was at a lose-lose situation. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. So then I had now to tell myself, you know, you have to just like overlook it. But it got so bad where I wanted to just take her and choke her out. And I burst a vessel <laughs> in my right eardrum because I couldn't hit her because I knew I would get go to jail and lose my job. So mm. my supervisor at the time, she was an older woman. She said, Cynthia, you wear your heart on your sleeve and that's how people get to you and i'm like what do you mean by that because i'm all, i'm high-headed i'm an aries by god I'm, I'm an aries so you know when you when you pull out the horns you just gotta you can't stop so then i started oh, thinking about what she said and i said you know what she's right maybe she's having problems at home and maybe because i'm a slim black woman that she can't stomach me but i do my job and that's what it's about so i told myself forget about how she felt about you as a person continuously mm -hmm. do your job and when all the the users as we called them back then the cell phone users the computer yes. users i also made manuals for the board of bed they said you're, hmm. you're awesome they would often call for me and she would not send me and they would be adamant to get me to mm -hmm. do the job so i just I, I i took it as a grain of salt and just kept doing me so you've been through that that corporate thing even though it was Absolutely. government so including hra and dealing with food stamps but Gotcha. Yeah. Now, how do you, um, just so I'll know, how do you refer to yourself relative to your vision loss? How do you describe yourself? Do you I describe myself as an ordinary girl. I mean, I love people. I mean, That's, I mean vision-wise, mm -hmm. I don't like to use my red and white cane. Uh, as you know, like you said, I came from New York. I was afraid when I first got diagnosed. Mm -hmm. I was not in acceptance of my vision loss until I met Kathy. And she was like, mm -hmm. it is what it is. You know, you have mm -hmm. to accept it in order for you to deal with it, in order to, for you to go forward. And that's when I said, you know what? I still don't walk with my cane a lot unless I'm in, out of my familiar surroundings when okay. I feel the need because I, I feel protected by my cane. Okay. So so since being, um, since the vision loss, have you experienced any um, discrimination around that or ill treatment or things that you felt were discriminatory? because you were black and you had a person, you were a person with low vision? Yeah, before I moved to Pennsylvania, you know, I would be on the subway going from the Bronx to Brooklyn or whatever. And I tried to use my cane when I, after I was taught to use it. A former coworker of mine said, Pratt, listen, you're going to have to use the cane. I'm going to go to lunch with you and you're going to use your cane. So I agreed and I took out my cane and we went to lunch I got my food first and I stood outside in Manhattan on Church Street and I was standing against the, um, how do you call it, the, one of the awnings where they're working at. And my friend name was Corley. She went inside and this big burly white guy came and he hit me so hard in the chest and then turned around like he wanted to beat me up. And I'm like, I wasn't even moving. I had my cane in my hand and I just wanted, you know, just to learn how to use it and walk with it. And just the look on his, his face was distaste, like he just wanted to slap me for wearing walking with the cane. Hmm. But 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 when I worked for the um, HRA downtown Brooklyn, 
Helen Keller has a, a building not too far from there. Yeah. And I used to hear the ball of the cane and immediately I would stop and move to the side. And my mm-hmm. coworkers would be like, well, Pratt, why did you move? I said, because I can hear the ball. Gotcha. They didn't understand it, but see, they didn't treat me differently because I had the cane. It's just mm-hmm. various people in various locations that had that mentality. Oh, you can see some things. I mean, you're faking. So you just look at the sympathy when I really wasn't because mm-hmm. I fought against and I still fight against using my cane and I shouldn't. Well, it it will come. It will come. It, it's only 11 the years. Hour, golly, wow. Given the hour, we want to allow some time for interaction um, with our guest. So what I'm going to do, Mike, if you would instruct our um, audience on how to be recognized, we'll take it from there. Perfect. If you are interested in talking, go ahead and raise your hand. I'll go over it on all the platforms, and then I'll also share with you how to mute and unmute yourself. So if you're on a mobile device, tap in the bottom left-hand corner to mute and unmute yourself. And to raise your hand, tap in the bottom right-hand corner under the More button is a raised hand option. If you're on a Windows computer, you can mute and unmute yourself with Alt-A, that is a toggle. And to raise your hand, use Alt-Y, that uh, will raise your hand. And uh, if you are on the Mac, to raise your hand, use Option-Y to mute and unmute, use Command-Shift-A. And if you are on a phone, not on the mobile app, but calling in, you can use star nine to raise and lower your hand and star six to mute and unmute yourself. And then I will call you out as soon as I see your hand. And then Pam will go ahead and uh, let you know when she's ready for your question. And one last thing, don't worry about lowering your hand. I'll go ahead and take care of that for you. So you can go ahead and ask your question. Pam, right now you have no hands up, uh, but I, if you would like, can interrupt you and let you know if one comes up. Sounds good. Sounds good. Then I'll keep the conversation going until when and if someone wishes to to come in to speak or to ask a question or to give a comment. So, Kathy, can, I know you mentioned going to school with, um, t- you know, with other kids who were people mm-hmm. of color and obviously from various uh, backgrounds, various types of ethnicity. What mm-hmm. has been your interaction with people of color? And, and frankly, particularly around uh, blindness, well, blindness, I use that in your case since you mentioned what you were. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have any problems with it. Um, my father was very, very prejudiced. Hmm. And uh, I, I never liked it. I, I really just did not like that at all. I, I couldn't see treating somebody different just because they look the darker. You know, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. couldn't, couldn't do it. And as an adult, what do you, yes. Uh, Just wanted to jump in real quick and let you know you do have one hand at this time. Okay, well, let's go ahead and recognize that person then. That would be Nora. Ah. Hi, Nora. How are you? Hi. Nora, I'm looking from Phoenix, Arizona. And my question is, I'm sorry I missed the first part of a show. And what what happens when you, a a little girl, have a... People, how they treated you back when? Okay, sure. We'll help out with that a little bit. Um, 
because uh, she's asking about what your childhood, you know, kind of what happened when you were a little girl. And I think it's worth the you time to just kind of review that. No, no I'll, I'll recognize the person in a minute. Okay. Um, just what you're talking about. So I'm going to actually start on that one with um, Cynthia, because Cynthia, I remember you had said to us you, at, during your childhood years, you were fully sighted, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Was. What was that like? It was, it was, an, it was heavenly. I mean, I got to see people skin colored. I got to see people for who they were. You know, it, it wasn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have made a difference had I been born blind, mm. whether, I, whether or not I could see them, but it, they made a, a huge difference that I was able to see and I can describe different attitudes and stuff by the sound of their voice most of the time. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have made a difference had I been blind in, in my childhood. I just love gotcha. people. Yay. <laughs> and I, I just got to make one comment because if I don't make this yes, comment, I'm going to get choked out. So, oh, you know, okay. I started mentoring for someone. I went to Dallas, Texas last year to visit my oldest brother, which is my father's son. Mm-hmm. And on the way back, I met a gentleman who was an amputee, 26-year veteran. And I, I, I felt threatened by a gentleman who was African-American. The gentleman I met named is Tom Brown and he's white, Caucasian. And we went outside together and we were sitting there and this gentleman made me feel so uncomfortable. So I said to Tom, he sat down on the ground with his, you know, with his crutches beside him. He said, well, I said, well, if this guy does anything to try to hurt one of us, I'm going to take my cane. I'm going to hit him in the head. And mm-hmm. Tom said, well, if you can get him just close enough to me, I'm going to choke him out. <clears throat> Excuse me. So with wow. that being said, I started advocating for him to help him get when I found that he was coming to Harrisburg. Woohoo, oh. I felt happy I had I had somebody to help me get home because I was coming to Harrisburg. And as we spoke over the months and stuff, we wound up dating. So also far as color, I'm dating a Caucasian man. Okay, thanks for sharing that. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Um, Kathy, I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to Nora's question um as a uh, a blind child. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, my, 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 especially my dad was really good at teaching me things. I didn't start to walk till I was two years old, but that's because I didn't know what to do with my feet. Sure. So when he would come home, he would, he would every night, he apparently, my mother told me this, he would come home and he would put my feet on his feet and he would walk backwards with his left foot so I could feel my right foot go forward and then he would move his other foot back. He had to walk backwards so that I could learn how to walk forward. Mm-hmm. He so was just really school. good. At... Pardon? I said home and school, huh? Home. Uh, yes. I mean, he was very good when I went to the school for the blind. He was not leaving me until he knew I knew where my bed was, where the bathroom was, how to get out of the cottage. I mean, no way. He had to make sure that I knew enough to be able to take care of myself until Great. I could learn more. Great. Okay, and thank you, Nora, for your question, and thank you for being here. Mike, are there yes. other hands raised? We do. We have two mm-hmm. hands. Let's go with Deborah, followed by Lisa. So go ahead, Deborah. Hi, Deborah. You are on mute, Deborah. And this is Deborah. Jackson. Okay. Can you hear me now? There you are. Yes. Great. Okay. Welcome. Thank you. Um, okay. Um, I was, um, well, hold on. I got to turn this off. 
I thought I okay. turned this off. I went from my hand from the phone. There we go. Okay. Um, being hot of um, I I was blind uh, when I was in my twenty, but you know, being around you know our kind of people. They don't understand when you are um, handicapped, you know, other than if you like mentally slow, then they kind of work with them a little bit. But when you can't hear or see, because that's what it started off, I couldn't hear, and then my vision. And so um, I was the oldest girl, and, um, and and then there was like seven more after that. Well, uh, they were not like, Say, well, we're gonna go here and there. All I know, they gone, and I'm always by myself. Oh, and uh, uh-huh. and so, um, and then like we we'll go out of town with cousins. Well, they take off. I wake up, they gone. Or mm-hmm. um, dinner time. Nobody say, uh, okay, it's time to eat dinner. All I know, I get up, I see them at the table, but nowhere for me to sit. So I go oh, no. back and sit down. And then, um. One of the um, family members had to say, well, you can come and eat now because they all gone. And, and so I sit and hang around with the guys because their voice was more deeper to hear them than, you know, the, um, mm-hmm. the women because their voice is high pitched. So, but now that I'm older, well, now um, I can't get my mother to understand as I'm, my vision changing what big adjustment. So... Like transportation, like they can just get in the car and go, but then mm-hmm. I got to deal with a cab or such a ride yep. and time consuming and a whole lot of bags and all that stuff. But why you got all these bags? I don't have a truck like you guys do, you know? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, so yep. it's a bit different. And then when I was on uh, such a ride, um, this, uh, the driver picked up this guy and he sat off in the back with I spoke to him, right? And so he was contagion. And so, but he, I don't know how his disability is, but it seemed like he's a little bit, you know, he's aware of what he's doing. And so all I know, um, uh, he spoke to the driver first. And um, and I, and so he was asking to use the phone. Well, the driver said, I can't use the phone while I'm driving. But then he turned to me and said, are you an M? And I'm like, mm. um, what? did I hear that? The end. Hold on, Cassie. I'll, I'll have to get to it. Go ahead. Oh, okay. And so I'm like, um, did I hear what I thought I heard? And so then he repeated again. So I said, you know, you need to apologize. And so um, he kept repeating it, right? So I had, and the driver had never left the parking lot when he dropped off somebody. So he just sitting up there looking because he's the same as the other guy. So mm-hmm. I said, um, driver, you need to put him up front. And so he told him to come up front, you know. And so then, you know, I'm and I'm getting deep thinking about it, like what you know, hearing what my father had said, what he had to go through, and and mm-hmm. and so I started getting deep. So I had a can of Izzy, right? So I I chose mm-hmm. Izzy or my or my Coke. I said, no, I need my Coke because I got plenty of um, Izzy at home. So I, I decided to go with the color one, the raspberry. So when he got me dropped off, well, then I got up and I poured the Izzy over his head. Oh, dear. And oh, I said, because I felt like every day he heard it from his parents, you know. 
And I yeah, said, now yeah. you tell your mama why you got on wet because <laughs> um, you need to learn not to say that word, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And then the driver go, you didn't have to do that. So he was more like mm-hmm. on his side, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I said, I gave you a warning to apologize. I said, you did not want to apologize. So now when you go home and mama said you wet, then you can tell mm-hmm. him why, you know? <laughs> Wow, Deborah. So, Deborah, may I ask where you're calling from? I'm sorry, I forgot to get where you're calling in from. Oh, I'm I'm in Denver, Colorado, but I'm from Louisiana. Ah, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you sure took action when someone called you a name that was way out of line and mm-hmm. obviously something that's unacceptable and racially mm-hmm. inappropriate. Thank I you have a so much, for Deborah. Deborah for, okay, hold on one second. Deborah, but, thank you so much but for I calling had, in. But hold, I had, hold on one second. Okay, I had mixed reactions. Some said I shouldn't do that, and some said I should. You know. I know. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Well, what do you think? <laughs> That's the important question. Me, okay. I feel I did the right thing. Got you. Got you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hold on one second, um, Cynthia. If we can be brief on that, because we have another caller waiting and paying attention to time. So that's why I'm doing that. Go ahead, Deborah. Stay here for a few seconds. Cynthia would like to ask you something. No, that okay. was Kathy. That was me. Deborah. That oh, was Kathy. Yeah. I'm do sorry. you have do they have an SSP program for the deaf blind in your state? Do they have a what? SSP. It's yeah. special. Let's see, what is it called? Specialized support? <sighs> no. Nope. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, because they do have it in Pennsylvania and it helps. It doesn't help enough people that are deaf blind, but it helps some. Okay. De- Deborah, are you familiar? Just so we'll know how to uh, work with you. If you like, um, there's a way. If you would, if you would like to know more about what we're doing in ACB relative to people who are deafblind and any other resources, you can send a note to community at acb.org and let them know from this show, from this call, that you want some more information, and I'll be in touch with you. Okay. Okay. Okay, thank you so much for calling uh-huh. in. Uh, uh-huh. Mike, if I'm uh, correct, we have Lisa on. You and are Lisa good. calls yep. in, I it think, from Lisa. the Detroit area. <laughs> it's Lisa, I think it is. Yes, ma'am, your partner in crime, girl. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Unapologetic. <laughs> good evening and welcome to the call. Go ahead, please. Thank you. I want to say that I think that the relationship between Cynthia and Kathy is awesome. It really touches my heart because I lost my sight abruptly three and a half years ago uh, due to a traumatic incident with some fool felt like I shouldn't be here anymore, but God said different. Yay. And um, I, um, I'm learning, you know, to to navigate my life, you know, through this newness, you know, through this blindness, you know, and it wasn't fun. You know, it hasn't been fun in some instances, but in others, I choose not to crawl in a corner and die. You know, the people that have the people that have come into my life, like Cindy Hollis, um, Belinda Collins, you know, those Mm -hmm. are my somewhat my mentors, you know, because they have, oh my God, since day one, you know, I've learned so much, you know, through them, you know, and 
I'm learning to give back now, you know, I'm learning to just put myself out there now, you know, I'm learning to be who I was before, you know, because I was a UAW vice president. I was out there, you know, I was doing it, you know, uh, African-American woman out there, you know, trying to make a difference. And it is hard, you know, in the corporate world or in the world, you know, where the quote unquote, the good old boys are, they don't want you, you know, to be part of mm-hmm. you have to you know, stand up and you really have to let people know who you are. And then you get the ones that are condescending that pat you on the head. They will lit, not literally, but they want yeah. to, mm-hmm. yes. you, yes. you know, Oh, you know this. Oh, Oh mm-hmm. my, you know, like you're supposed to be so ignorant, you know, but <laughs> right. that's horrible. You know, you know, I'm they're, so they're, sorry. They're, they're, you know, they're amazed, you know, when, you know, Oh, wow. You know, this, and you know, this, you know, like everybody is supposed to be, you know, but I too was born in New York and, in that melting oh. pot, you know, yeah, I was born in New York, you know, so I I knew, you know, Puerto Rican, Asian, you know, uh, German, mm-hmm. African, mm-hmm. you know, everybody, you know, could live in, in the same building with you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You know, so I never knew, you know, I never, I never, I guess I was oblivious to the fact that I knew that their racism and things like that existed. But I really didn't encounter things like that until I actually moved to Michigan. You know what I'm saying? That's when things, you know, started, you know. But I'm still unapologetically me. And I'm going to be that one that, you know, hey, how you doing? You know, I'll come up and Amen. I'll, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll come, you know, and it's it's different now because I can't see. But I tend to, I, at, in when my sighted life, I was the one that will come and seek out the one that I think is, okay, yeah, yeah I'm going to work <laughs> on you. You know what I'm saying? And I'll come over there and I'll do it, you know. Mm-hmm. I want to be mm-hmm. that, you know, way this way, you know, in my blindness. I want to be able to reach out and I want to be able to give back, you know, to people that have given to me or to give to someone else, you know, what okay. has been given to me. That's what I'm trying to say. But I think that it is awesome, Kathy, and you, you guys are, you guys rock, you know, because I went to my family reunion and, you know, people say, you know, people of color, where are you? What, what is your set? What is your ethnicity? Mm. And I went and I'm a, I'm a considered like a caramel colored African-American. But I went and I saw a whole lot of real light skinned people. I'm like, well, <laughs> I did not know, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. know, you know, so yeah. that's how it yeah. is, you know, so we come from all walks of life and it's just beautiful when we can all come together. So thanks, Pam. This is Thank awesome. You. Thank, Thank you. Lisa. Thank you, Pam, Lisa. Can we I make a comment cut. on that? On, sure. on what Lisa just go said? Ahead. Because yes, me and Kathy please. go through this a lot because we're on a mm-hmm. lot of advocating committees together. And sometimes we have cameras on and sometimes we don't. So I, or because, you know, I'm partially sighted. So for me to be able to see somebody, what they're doing, their reactions, mm-hmm. I will hold my iPad directly to my face, like, so I can see. So I often uh-huh. tell Kathy, you have to learn when to calm down because I don't like how so-and-so did this with the gestures of the body or the facial expression that I can see. Mm-hmm. So I let her know that sometimes maybe you said something wrong or maybe... You just got to wait for somebody to finish speaking because I'm ready to say something because I love her that much. And I let her know, like, you know, if we're together, like when I first came, there was no COVID. So we used to meet in person and I would sit next to her. I don't care where we were at. I sit next to her and I would nudge her and I'm like, Kathy, and she'd be like, what are you doing? 
So she told me, you make me feel bad. Like you always trying to shut me up. And I say, Kathy, no, I'm telling you for a reason, because I don't like the attitudes in the room. And because I love you, I'm letting you know that sometimes you got to be still your tongue or just wait a second. I'm nudging you for a reason, not to hurt your feelings. And exactly. You. Thank, you. Times, thank, thank you. Thank so you so much. You can feel that. You can feel a lot of times, Cynthia, you can feel you don't yeah. even have to see it. Cause I, I exactly. know I go through that now. You and know, you I might. can't, I totally mm-hmm. went blind when this happened to me. Wow. So when people mm-hmm. are talking to me and everything, it's like, you know, excuse me, what did you say? You know, body like, language. my nephew, my nephew always mm-hmm. says, you can see, you can see how you know I got you. <laughs> I know, get you that too. Tell your tone, you know what I'm That's saying? Right. You That's right. Away. And we have a sense of people. I yeah. mean, I think people who right. can see actually believe they have no idea how much you can still be aware of even when you can't see because exactly. they're so used to be vis- so used to being um, you know, kind of visual. I want to um, ask these two ladies because I see I got you, Mike. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Yeah. You know, these were the two ladies who thought they wouldn't have much to say. Okay. I just want to <laughs> tell you that. Um, we're, we're going to close mm. shortly, but I just do want to end with one topic because this comes up in our discussions on this call too. There are people who say, and this is for Kathy. Well, let me back up. Mike, did we have anybody else with a hand raised? I didn't want to... We do not have any other hands. Uh, actually, Cassa- uh, Cassandra just raised her hand, and you got about seven minutes. Sounds good. Okay. Um, just quickly to you two ladies, there are people who feel that as blind people, our focus should only be on blindness. How do you feel about, even though blind, the idea that we can still focus on our history and our heritage and our culture. Kathy, if you will answer that, please, and uh, just a short answer, and then we'll ask Cynthia the same question. Well, most definitely. Uh, Look, I'm for anyone who's trying to do something to better this world. Um, And Cynthia has really taught me more about how to read the room instead of just blurting it all out there. Mm -hmm. So I have to thank her because she has helped me in that way and and other ways too, lots of ways. Thank you. Cynthia, how do you feel about even though blind are still giving focus to our unique heritage as African-Americans? Well, I I have to say, like Lisa said, Cindy and all the rest, I listen to a lot of the PCB stuff and ACB and I'm on the calendar. So Mm -hmm. as far as treating me as an individual ethnicity or not, I, I just love that the unity mm-hmm. that we bring together and helping one another and advocating for ourselves and others who don't think that they have help out there. We we all going through something similar for us vision loss. And then you have those who are totally blind that just mm-hmm. never cease to amaze me. I, I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe exactly. of what you can do. And as an African-American woman and y'all embrace me, I thank y'all all from the bottom of my soul. Thank you so much. Wow. For that passion and your heart. Mm -hmm. Well, believe it or not, we have reached the time that we need to begin the process of closing out. First of all, I want to thank everyone who's listening to this call, whether you're listening right now or later on. We thank you for being here. 
Um, the, the word that Cynthia just closed out with in different language is why we use that word Harambe to describe these calls, because we are coming together as an African-American community, along with our friends, to share our experience, as we said, our hope and our strength. So we hope that you will keep on coming. I want to acknowledge Kathy Long and Cynthia Gibbs-Pratt for being our guests this evening. You two were marvelous. And as I said, for two people who thought they wouldn't have anything to say, <laughs> <laughs> and so we appreciate you letting us get to know you. We appreciate that you sharing with us passionately and personally um, about what this experience has been like for you. We also want to say if you want to get in touch with me for any reason relative to this call, anything else, the best thing to do is to send a message to community at acb.org and they will get the information to me and then I can be in touch with you as well. These calls, we hope to continue these calls. We will. And certainly if you or someone you know would make a good guest or there's a topic or you yourself just want to come on, again, send it over to the team and they'll make sure it's relayed. I want to thank Mike, who has been just a fantastic host this evening. I hope Yay. we didn't wear you out, Mike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also Cindy Hollis, who's yes. been the streaming to ACB Media for us. So having thank said you. that, again, thank you so much for being here. And we're looking forward. We will, forward, we will be back on the uh, first Monday in uh, April. And ready to do this all again with a brand new topic and lots of fun. So, again, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And, again, thank you for sharing with us Women's History Month and the spirit of Harambe. Good night, everybody.